Welcome to The Grid. I am your host, Jennifer Shahadi, and we'll be taking a 13 by 13 episode journey through every possible No Limit Hold'em hand, 169 hands in total, from aces to seven deuce offsuit. Each episode, I'll interview another top poker player or personality about their hand. Once a combo is taken, it's gone. So this podcast will become progressively more difficult as hands like ace-king are removed from the grid. Whether you spend hours poring over grids as you study poker, love to listen to hand history pods while grinding cash, or are just interested in absurd scavenger hunts, we're going to have some fun. You got the cards, dealer, I'm feeling it hit me, yeah, I got swagger, they see me, see me strutting, all sweating daggers, believe it, I'm the real thing, but I gotta switch it on. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grid. I'm here with one of my favorite people in poker, and I'm not the only one who says that, Aliyah Jadavji of the Poker News editorial team. She's the World Series of Poker media coordinator, the woman who told FU cancer a year ago and is now cancer-free, happier and healthier than ever, and inspiring so many in the process. I first met Aliyah when she asked me to be on her charity stream to raise money for REG, raising for effective giving. She ended up raising 50K with her friend Adam Lammers. As many found out in the Bahamas when Aaliyah was awarded a platinum pass worth 30k for her dedication to media, the promotion of poker, charity work. She's also a very serious student of the game. Though she didn't cash in that event, it was the start of a journey to take the game even more seriously. Along those lines, she recently had a first place finish at the Deep Stacks Poker Tour in Edmonton. I really love Aaliyah's approach to the game, which is really a perfect fit for the grid because it's a combination of story and strategy. And today she's gonna take us through a hand with so much potential. Ace Jack suited. She goes by El Sriracha on Twitter. Thanks for joining me, Ilya. Thanks for having me. So tell us about this hand that you played. Where and when did it take place? Sure. So I enjoy playing at the Golden Nugget, which is hilarious because my friends kind of say to me, why would you want to go downtown Vegas? For me, playing cash games, it's always been fun. For me, it's always been kind of entertainment and poker's always been a hobby for me. So I like to be in an atmosphere where I know it's uh, it's fun, it's lighthearted, and soft. So I played this 1-2 uncapped game and uh, basically pick up ace-jack suited in the big blind. There's a limp, which is very common in low stakes cash games. So I decided to make it 10 bucks and uh, get a caller and flop comes jack 3-4, two hearts. So I kind of look at the board, I'm like, well, I've got pretty much everything here. So I decided to kind of play it weak approach. So I check and he just uh, tosses out 10 bucks. I was like, well, you know, we kind of discuss this in Bahamas where I'm obsessed with check raising right now because I finally kind of, you know, with studying and talking with Ryan LaPlante and other players where I'm like, you got to kind of, you can't just play the same way all the time when you have it bet you know you kind of got to go for different spots and fun spots so i was like all right i think check raising is something i want to do here so I just make it 25. he snap calls and i was like all right well kind of gotta put him on a range here at this point so he could have like all the pairs under jacks i could have like ace deuce ace five something like that so uh the turn is the eight of spades um the eight of spades yes and you have the ace jack of hearts, ace jack of hearts. with the three and the four of hearts and yeah. the flop so eight of spades on the turn uh i decide to check it again and again i love check raising but also i feel like it's a break i want to kind of give a chance to maybe think that i'm weak but also think that maybe like you know any of the pairs under jacks are value for him and maybe i just kind of 
failed check raise attempt or whatever, right? So, and also being a female, I feel like I have so many um, advantages at this, in the spot because they think, oh, yeah, she's just weak. Like, she was just trying to take a stab at the flop and failed. So I'm going to bet. So he bets 15, which is just, I want to laugh at this point because it's just so small. And I'm like, I don't know what he's trying to do here, but all right, we're going for another check raise. So make it 40. Um, and he kind of looks really confused, but he doesn't think for very long and just pretty much snaps it off. And like, all right, this is good. River's a jack of spades. So now I have trip jacks with the best caker possible. And I just kind of like side check, you know, like half side check. I'm like, all right, you know, tap the table. And uh, he makes it 10. And at this point, I know that I've gotten two check raises through and I just want to unlock the achievement. So I make it 20 and he just rolls his eyes and just tosses another 10 in. Table my hand and he just has the three, four clubs for bottom two pair. Oh my God. So yeah, yeah he should have, uh, he should have three met you there in that flop. I mean, I'm not folding ever in this spot, but especially at like the golden nugget and people just get married to top pair. And I also have flush draw. Like it's just, it was such a great spot for me. But as soon as I got the check raise in on the turn, I just said, I need to unlock this because I need to, this has to be a thing. You know, I, I don't care if it's one, two or if it's a tournament or whatever. There's not going to be many opportunities in poker across a lifetime to be able to do something fun like that. No matter, I guess, judging by his hand now, I couldn't have gotten too much more than when I check raised on the river, but uh, I kind of just did the min click because, you know, I wanted to say I did the tri triple check raise, so. Yeah, and that, <laughs> I love that because I feel that, and you wanted to get called as well. Yeah. Even though I guess the achievement's unlocked even if you get the fold, right? feels better to, to say that I got the call. I don't think he's ever heroing with like ace deuce or ace five, but yeah, the absolute, you know, worst in that spot where I can get called, so. So the triple check raise, of course, is a, a play that a lot of people um, are, are searching for in vain, and but you've clicked it off. I just was super excited. I was like, okay, I need to go for this on the river. And I don't play super high stakes in cash. If anything, I'll play like a bigger PLO game once in a while because there's really good ones back home. But in terms of holdup um, and game select and casinos that I know are just super soft and I like to have fun, but also just play against weaker players. And Golden Nugget's one of those spots where I'm not going to say it's easy to get the triple check reason, but I felt like I know where I'm at pretty much in the hand, but you know, it was just a fun spot. I like that because I feel like it's a way of playing poker and looking to improve poker where you're also thinking about making sure that you're exploring all the different branches of the game tree and doing that in a low stakes environment or online of course is really the perfect place for that like you're not going to play the main event and you might but it's less likely that you'll play the main event and say okay i'm going to get my first like double check raising because i just want to try it for fun you're only going to do it then if you really think it's the best line because there's so much money at stake but I, I really like that approach. And I think that with the grid where we're trying to collect all the different hands, it kind of reminds me of like that, where maybe some of you who are listening who feel that your game lacks creativity, you could create a chart of all the different lines and then make sure that you've played all of them. Like, you know, one third bet flop, 1.5x over bet turn. For sure. And it, it's interesting you say that because when I won the Platinum Pass, I obviously immediately was like, I need coaching because sure, I've played the game for so many years. I've been involved in the media and I've covered hands from some of the best players in the world. And I have all that in the vault, but it comes down to being able to use those tricks in situations that make sense, right? You can't just go to someone two game and just 
kind of like over bet on some random board with no plan or anything. So I kind of decided I was like, okay, I need to get some coaching, some direction. I need to find spots that work for me. I need to use my image more, which was pretty sick because I went to the PSPC and I know people say like when they play big tournaments, oh, I'll play the best poker of my life. I literally did. I felt like I, I was not nervous. I was nervous maybe the first five minutes because I sat down at the toughest table, but I kind of sat down. I played the, you know, some of the like, Ran the biggest bluff of my life. I felt like I played really well, used my image really well, and that kind of got me like addicted. So now I'm, you know, I'm working on the circuit, but I'm also like, you know, health stuff and trying to get back to where I was like a year ago in that regard. So I don't have as much time to fire tournaments, but when I do, I'm super in the zone. I just like, I get so pumped because I know that there's so many things that I could use to my advantage. And so kind of waiting for those spots and trying to put them in play is kind of tough. So yeah, playing in low stakes cash games is a really good. Um, kind of arena to test out different things and be creative. I know there's a lot of people on Twitch sometimes or maybe it was a few months ago doing this like play every hand challenge but like as you're talking I'm thinking like there could be a scavenger hunt you know you you have a couple glasses of wine and you and your friend sees who can get the triple check raise in first like that could be a fun game. I love that and also just having you know I've thought about this too because I have so many friends who are just fun characters in cash games and it would be really cool to kind of have yeah sure a scavenger hunt type thing or you know unlocking achievements and whoever and putting you know even if you're playing at different tables obviously it's you go into a fun room and kind of like take things off and if you can manage to do that there's some sort of pool or there's a competition or something like that because I feel like that'd be really fun right you're thinking ethically it's better to be on different tables yeah. if you both know that you're trying to get in check raises yeah and nobody else at the table does it's, it's complicated a little bit if you had like a private table somewhere you went to like Harrah's grabbed a one-two game or two five game and just a group of friends you all kind of just are messing with each other now because now you're just leveling each other you don't know if you got do seven or if you're trying to get the triple check reason because you have something or not like i feel like it's fun i love this fun. idea i have to say i feel like the do seven game is a little like we've been there we've done that yeah yeah this is something yeah. new i like hey it. who knows maybe we've un we've uh, unlocked something here man <laughs> Yeah, well, although it is more fun if people don't know you're going. Like, I think I think it, the interesting thing is you could announce to the table, okay, me and my friend, yeah, we have this like side bet. So at least everybody has the same information. Sure. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Because I think that's one thing like people are talking lately about the the ethics of swaps, like especially big big swaps. Like I'm not talking about like a one ball or something right. where you're friends with somebody and you have like you know not not even a swap even a buy right and you're still both in the tournament and it's yeah. getting lower tables like disclosure is the most important thing right. if you start telling the, the people at the table like yeah. you know that that would be one solution yeah. what else could you do really right i mean you have a swap with somebody you're playing a tournament with you know at least a thousand players you know it's amazing if you get deep with somebody who you know it's a lot of fun but um yeah if you have a big swap or a big buy at that point because i remember actually fader holtz was i forget which tournament it was but he ended up saying we have to chop this because i have a piece of both of these guys three-handed or something and so that was their kind of solution they're like all right we're chopping and and end of story kind of thing so yeah, it's interesting. But anyway, I think this is a really fun game. Maybe we should talk about it for like run it up for Let's Live or I'm something. That would be great. Different permutations of this idea, yeah. but still trying to win money because, I mean, I don't want to insult 1-3. Like that serious money, yeah. there are people who grind that. It's all relative in poker, right? Yeah, and that's the thing with that game specifically and a big reason why I wanted to get coaching, especially with in the cash game and tournament arena, is I come from... Alberta in Canada and the games out there are super soft. I've been really spoiled for the last, I want to say 10 years playing 
cash games out there because it's actually just ABC poker. People just want to have fun and gamble and get their money in the middle. And I feel like now I have the luxury, you know, I get to travel to all these really cool places and play poker, you know, New Orleans and LA and these places where the games are relatively tougher, but they're still good. Uh, You just kind of have to have some different things in your arsenal and for me I was just very vanilla and very much okay well yeah I've got I've got something here I'm gonna bet it so I'm really happy with the progress I've made the last you know couple years where um, I've had some really good coaches and I have the um the luxury of having a lot of really good friends who are really good at poker and they entertain my dumb questions and like hand histories that might seem really obvious to them but they actually answer me and don't make me feel dumb and it's kind of nice to be in that spot right because it kind of makes me the player that I am so going back to the PSPC I was really uh, impressed that you choose this hand because I think you know you, you chose a 1-3 hand that yeah. you unlocked this awesome achievement where you easily could have picked that hand that you told me about the, the hand in like the 25k where you blocked yeah. Ami which you you briefly read and I think you had hearts there as well I had the blocker I had like the nut blocker so I had ace ace queen off with one heart I'm very proud of that bluff because I have been super passive as a player for so many years and just kind of printing playing cash games where you know I'm just spoiled in that arena but it feels really good to run bluffs like that i thought that the ace jack of hearts and the triple check raise was just a, a fun hand and for me being in this industry like i just feel super lucky and blessed and like I don't know what what other words to use but being in this industry and the stuff that I've gone through especially the last year you see kind of people like rise up and just be be there for you even though they have I've had people on Twitter and Facebook and all like social media who I don't even know and this is my first summer I guess um now since being back and healthy and everyone kind of saw me from afar online and I kind of like told my story a little bit but being in the halls of the Rio right now or other casinos and people are kind of coming up to me and giving me a giant hug and saying I'm really happy you're healthy and just sort of having people in the community that root for you don't even know you it's kind of nice to to think that you're part of a community like that social media has become a really big part of my life because of work but it's also been an outlet for me and to explain that a little bit further it's tough when you're in person and going through you know something related to illness because you kind of it's hard to you know i was at my worst at you know feeling really crappy and just like under the weather all the time and just it's hard to leave your house and um, meet up with people and people want to see you but you just don't want to see them because you're going through something that is hard to explain using that social media as an outlet and kind of posting positive things and forcing myself to do those kinds of things in our community and just kind of root other people on and not have to think about my own problems or health issues and stuff like that is actually really uh, therapeutic for me because you get to kind of be positive by default and that's kind of who I want to be at the end of the day. When I was going through my weight loss journey before I found out I had the tumor, I um, I had a lot of people that kind of just sent me messages saying like you've inspired me to start my weight loss journey. I have a, one of my best friends actually, Jamie, he lost like 90 pounds or something in six months and isn't the healthiest he's been in forever. And, and my other best friend joy who they're together they are just super healthy now you don't realize it until you see their life and they're like this is because of you or or you helped spark this you know positive thing in me and so i've kind of been thinking now that i'm healthier like i i want to translate that into something maybe not i don't want to say career wise but just something that i want to do every day because i love my job and i love what i do every single day and i love being in the poker community but i also love trying to inspire people and be positive and i want to share my story too because i have a lot beyond the cancer and stuff like that, that I think 
people could you know tap into and hope in their lives so yeah it's kind of just the positivity aspect and phil helmuth i give him some crap sometimes on social media but he has something going there with that word it's you are around positive people and that's kind of I feel like that's how your day is going to go or, you know, whether it's positive or negative, I feel like it has a really big impact. So, And you said you had other things to share um, that you think also can inspire. Can you give me a little like preview into what those might be? For me, it's uh, so since I was younger anyways, like I I played a lot of sports when I was growing up. I love basketball um, and I played it for like nine years growing up. But uh, just dealing with the weight loss stuff over the last couple years and seeing how Jamie Staples and his brother Matt, they kind of went through their journey. That actually is what sparked my journey. And it's interesting because when I, uh, they found the tumor uh, last year in September, my doctor actually said to me because I was on keto and for people who don't know too much about it, the baseline for keto is that you are depriving your body of carbs. Um, So, and cancer cells feed off of sugar and and carbs. I didn't know that I had this tumor for probably about a year, but I was doing keto. My doctor said the size of the tumor, around 10 pounds. Based on that, she was shocked that it hadn't spread through my body. So being here right now, she basically told me that I basically saved my own life by doing keto for that year. And so I'm sitting here talking to you or being in a poker room and I just think, randomly probably once or twice a day i'm like there's a huge chance that if i wasn't doing that i would not be here right now and so for me it's just kind of it clicked really huge for me where i i think that people need to hear that whatever their journey is whether it's weight loss or they're trying to get better at poker or doing stuff outside of poker in their lives you're trying to have family or whatever it is to not give up and i think that's a huge part of my life where i've been kind of on this journey so i'm actually writing a book which i haven't told many people but my really good friend jess wellman inspired me to do it and i think that i'm writing it along as my journey goes because i still have you know ways to go in terms of my health but i'm not stopping like this is one of those things where i'm cancer free now and i have like a second shot at doing what I want to do in life and so from now I kind of want to document it I'm probably going to vlog a little bit but I'm just writing my side of the story and so people kind of have something to tap into for whatever it is they're trying to do in life so that's wonderful I can't yeah. wait to read it it's so exciting. exciting yeah I, I you know I've written a couple of books and I just think it's like the greatest thing it's like such a yeah. wonderful like t- like project that you'll learn so much about yourself and it's also a great yeah. platform some things that you do on social media are more are really powerful at the time but they're yes. more ephemeral whereas writing a book is like a stamp of authenticity for even people who haven't gotten as active on social media. So it's like a really good idea. For sure. And for me also, I give so much credit to my friend Val Cross, who's in the industry as well, who she's the one who came to me and she said, do you think you'd be interested in this? And kind of thought about it. I was like, I don't know if I want to get into writing and I am now doing it. And I just feel so much pride Every article I post, whether it's something that is a feel-good story or, you know, um, even if I'm posting a, like a piece on somebody's results or whatever it is, like I feel so much pride putting it out there and putting content out there and having people like it. And I have had a lot of people tell me that I'm not too bad at writing. So I think that's something that putting that together and talking to my friend Jess, who uh, is super smart and probably going to pay to edit my stuff. <laughs> I just, I was inspired to, to start doing it. So yeah, it's uh it's one of my goals for the next couple of years. Wonderful. Do you want to tell us um, any of the stories that you particularly think we should read to get a sense of your writing? I'm a huge fan of feel-good stories, and especially in poker. And I'm a huge fan of the underdog story where, you know, you've got 
people that are not even underdogs or maybe just like underrated people you know um i wrote a story on kaylin mcneil from canada who he actually had um he had some sort of freak accident where he tore his ACL and he went to the emergency room and he had to get surgery and they overdosed him on morphine and they were they marked him as brain dead. But he woke up the next day and he won a bracelet and is just kind of put his mind to whatever he wants to do. He has businesses now. I wrote a piece on him and I was really, really, really proud of that one. Um, there's also Kevin who is battling cancer right now and so of course that hits home for me but he only has a few weeks up to a couple months to live and he's playing in the WSOP this summer and I wrote about him and so there's stuff like that that I'm just super proud of and um so yeah that's probably those are my two favorites right now. Greggy Merson's putting him in the main right? He is yeah Greg Merson's putting him in the main I think Phil Helmuth was uh buying some of his action that he has on uh U-Stake and so it's it's really cool to see especially when the community comes together and does good things you know touching on the charity stream where you guys all came on we had maybe like an average of 20 or 30 viewers at a time but resharing all of those you know clips with you guys and you guys helping us raise money and using your you know stature in the poker community was so helpful i cannot believe still to this day that we raised 25k and then dan smith matched it like it was it's unbelievable i think about it and super proud moment so Dan Smith love that guy what a guy I have to bring this up because I think it is important for people I don't want to give listeners the idea that because you're such a great charitable person with so much positive energy that's the only reason you beat cancer because sadly that's not the case for all awesome people bringing us back to the whole point F you cancer that sometimes even the greatest people with the positive attitude who are doing all the right things don't um, manage to get lucky and there is a lot of luck when it comes to battling illnesses right there's definitely I think about this every day all the time I put up these tweets or just once in a while maybe once a month or whatever when I just talk about how grateful I am to be alive because it's so true and I can't you know as I talk about social media being an outlet and that's my outlet where I'm just like I am so grateful and so happy and the fact that I have another chance at you know being in this industry being alive being my grandmother's still alive my parents are still alive I have a sister like it's just thinking about my spot in life that's my outlet but yeah when it comes to luck i'm lucky that jamie staples started his had his bet with uh bill perkins because that was the time where i was it sparked something in me and that is where i started to go and switch my diet to keto and apparently around the same time i was there was this tumor going inside of me and then you know lost almost 100 pounds came to the wsop started getting really sick the whole summer i was just in agony on and off um i got Another thing that's lucky is they quoted me six weeks for an ultrasound after I told them I had pain. And I was like, that is not gonna fly because six weeks I cannot go, I'm not taking drugs to, for pain. It's, I cannot go this long. And so I got lucky that I have somebody within the family and family friends that I could get an escalated appointment. And three days later I got the scan because I knew somebody. And then I had to get another you know, call in to say I need a biopsy, which was four weeks out. So it was pretty ridiculous to hear that. But I got lucky that I happened to know the right people and I got my testing in right away, got the radiation and I'm lucky that I got my surgery date. Like it's just, there's so much luck and I feel super lucky. And 100%, it's, it's really hard to say just because you're positive, you're gonna beat this or just because you're positive, you're gonna achieve this. I think that it's worth a shot no matter what you do and never give up and that's kind of what I'm trying to live by is never give up and just be grateful. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough to stomach when you see really good people who've died from cancer and other diseases who are just the greatest people I've ever known. And 
you know, you just kind of got to live in a way that they're going to be proud and happy because you're not wasting your chance at life. And that's kind of how I want to see it. I would agree with you about positivity. And people sometimes make fun of me about that as well. And us poker players, because we we deal with probabilities and math and runouts, so often we have a really good understanding of percentages. And sometimes it's scary because, you know, in 80-20, even yeah. if you're in the 80 column, how many times that doesn't work out? I mean, when when I had my uh, my son, Fabian, I found out really, really super early. And when I saw the statistics of how often, if you find out that early, that the pregnancy actually goes to term, it was like uh, 75%. And I was like, what? That's num- that number's really low. Like, I had no idea that yeah. the number was, like, if you find out literally the earliest day, you can find out. Okay. And then that year, I, I busted from the main, like, with aces versus queens. And I was like, oh, I'll lose this 80-20 yeah. and make the other one. It's crazy because Kevin, you know, I interviewed him about his illness. And he said something to the effect of he's trying to spread awareness about sarcoma that is a rare form of cancer. And he said, if he, if they had done a biopsy, like, cause they, I guess they did a scan and they didn't see anything. But he said that if they did a biopsy and dug deeper, they would have seen that he had it. And he says, it's a $200 procedure. If you have something similar to what I have, go get a biopsy, pay $200. We pay that much money in a cash game pre-flop at least. And so he kind of put it into perspective where he's like, I will put in 200 pre with Ace King, no problem. Why can't I fork out the money to go get a biopsy or take care of my health and pay that money for the betterment of my life, you know? So it was just interesting when he put it that way where it's like yeah $200 is nothing when we're playing a cash game you're just you know AK pre alright well it should be free that's a whole other <laughs> whole other debate but I did some reading you know I hadn't heard much about sarcoma either so yes in terms of his intent to make people like you and me look it up yeah. it was very effective I yeah. think that's his uh, part of his goal I've heard that once you're in your 30s or maybe even earlier you should really go to the skin doctor once a year because they yeah. can they, they can kind of like look at your whole all, all of your skin and see if there's anything suspicious sure that makes sense yeah the concept of luck you know bad beats it really puts it into perspective but I have to say in the poker community I feel like I don't hear people like complaining about bad bad beats maybe because it's become such like a a frowned upon trope my world is not like that at all as a reporter and media like you know people will come up to me and say oh man like I just busted I had this hand and I was like oh yeah really like okay you're gonna tell me let's hear it and most of the time it's fine it's just sometimes you have a long day and you're just writing hand histories all day and people want to just talk about how they got their aces cracked and you kind of just you know like you're like okay i gotta just put myself in your shoes and know that you don't probably don't have anyone to talk to you about this right now so go ahead it's part of my job you know but uh yeah i hear lots of bad beats and you hear and you just kind of think i feel like it kind of helps my game too because if i lose a flip or if i lose a 70 30 60 40 whatever you're just like all right You've heard this before. You've seen this before. Let's move on to the next game. This is something the smarter friends will do. Yeah. So they're good at poker. So they're not going to like tell you, oh, I lost an 80-20. Yeah. I, my life sucks. I'm the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's out to get me. No, instead, they'll, they'll tell you the hand. And like somehow they're, they're getting like 40 bigs in with Ace King. And they're like, they're just like, should I have done that? I love it so much. And okay. I guess I could have seen a flop. And then if the ace is there, I'm good. You know, just, I love that. Or maybe this guy is just like, is just like so tight that I can really fold here. He never has dance here. (laughs) And also my hand, my bust out hand against Jack Salter. It's so funny because I had a similar mentality. I only had had 20 bigs in the big blind. He opened the button and I have jacks and I rip it in because it's Jack Salter. (laughs) And he snaps with ace king and ace in the window. I was like, could I have just seen a flop like you know it's just funny i'm like no i can't because i need to get i need to flip against players like this and get it into um in, in spots like this because i am outmatched playing against some of these players i know i've got to at some point flip for my tournament life but i'm at a table with jack salter and sam grafton 
and like they have heaps of chips. I'm like, well, I gotta get this in here, you know? I don't care if it's 25K, I can't just wait for the nuts every time. I can't believe you didn't bring that fascinating hand history <laughs> onto the grid. Jax. Jax versus Ace game with 20 minutes. I, I lost with Jax <laughs> to a guy named Jack, who was very, very fun to play with. Uh, I must say, playing with all the pros that I did, I got a really good range of pros that I got to play with. Rainer Kempi, Amit, uh, Davidi Katai, Maria Ho, Sean Deeb, Kenny Tran, Tasha Mercier, Sam Grafton, and then Jack Salter. It was an unreal experience. I got to be on secondary feature, Maria Ho on my left, like it was so much fun. Like it was the experience of a lifetime. Yeah, that really, sounds really like cool. a star-studded table yeah, and, and a lot of fun. So much fun. And you recently won a tournament at Edmonton, and I read that at the tournament there were some men. It was a women's tournament, but there were some men playing, and they were dressed up as women. Tell us a little bit about how, yeah. how that turned. So that was a really crazy tournament for so many reasons. Uh, so the first is a friend of mine, Chris, his grandmother had just passed away from breast cancer, and there's five guys from back home who... And this is a thing where I started my career in Edmonton just as a for fun social media update thing, and then it turned into this, where now I'm in Vegas every summer, and I get to... Work for the WSOP, which is such a dream for me. But these guys have been supporting me since day one, so four years now. So they came in and one of them was wearing, they decided to dress up as women in this ladies tournament and raise money for, for cancer research. So one of them was wearing a, a sticker that said playing for Aaliyah. So he was playing for me, Chris was playing for his grandmother, a couple other guys were playing for other people and they dressed up as women, they went all out, they looked fabulous, it was really funny. They decided they were gonna donate um, half of their, whatever they cashed to the charity and then they had bounties on themselves, so $50 bounties. All the women who basically busted these guys out handed the money over and said, donate the bounty to charity. So by the time we got to the final table, it was, uh, we had raised 2000 and all the guys busted out. So none of them could cash. Uh, it was like top seven paid or something like that. And none of them were gonna be able to donate any of their winnings. I was donating 100% of mine. And I just kind of decided this is such an amazing gesture on their part. I'm like, whatever I can donate, I'm just gonna donate it and that'll be it. I end up going from first break of the tournament as chip leader and went wire to wire and just just won the whole thing and so um so donated the 3k prize that i got from that tournament plus a 2000 and donated it and then after the winner's photo which was actually more fun than winning the tournament because i had just all these people who've been supporting me for years on my rail and then they're railing me and then just this massive group photo after i won and won a trophy and it's the first tournament i've ever won so because i don't play very much so that was a huge thing but then i decided i stopped everyone before they left the room and i was like okay guys i found this out a couple weeks ago but i've been so tired and didn't want to put this on social media yet and i wanted to enjoy like the news with my family but i'm officially cancer free and i felt like because of this event and winning it and donating 5k to charity and all these people supporting me that this was a time I was going to share it. So I kind of ended up telling everyone after I won the tournament, you know, I'm clear. Thank you for like supporting me this entire year and just being an amazing support system for me in a time that is really, really tough. That's why it was so special, for, you know, for so many reasons, but it's such a like rush to win a tournament, but also just crush the field from like almost the beginning. That's amazing. Yeah, what a great right. story. So yeah. 3K was your victory when all to cancer research, yeah. um, any particular org? Uh, breast cancer. Yeah, okay. my mom is a survivor and Chris's grandma just passed away and I just decided that me meant a lot to both of us and they put it together and I had abdominal cancer and it's one of those things that I was lucky they caught it early. Breast cancer is just one of those things where I just know so many people have been affected by it and uh, that was important to me. My mom's just my hero and she powered through that. It just made the most sense. 
Well, that touches me. My mother-in-law, Aviva Marone, um, passed a few years ago to that. That's right. So, that. Yeah. That's, uh... um, wonderful that you were able to do that. Um, I know that you're very committed to getting more women in, in poker. I think that in talking and doing an article the other day actually about bringing more women into poker and dealing with misogyny and why people uh, think that just a women's event is really good to bring more women, I think that having more women's events, more women's leagues, uh, stuff like that are really important. And the reason I say that is because I just see so much discomfort in when it comes to the game, especially women and playing amongst men. It's not to say that all men are, you know, sexist at the tables, but it happens often enough that people don't want to continue playing. So I think that having more, you know, targeted women's events, but also having things like the WPA had this massive breakfast before the ladies event and just all these women just gathered at the hash house. And I saw, like, I was a bit jealous. I could not wake up that early, unfortunately, but I was really jealous of these videos that people are posting where they're all just having fun, laughing and kind of taking it away from poker and maybe having get togethers and stuff like that. I've seen so many women that just want to play uh, in open fields and they want to play women's events. I would love to find a way to use social media and even the voice that I have and using the voice of women like you and other women in poker. So yeah, I think that we need to leverage the powerful women in poker, but plus social media and try to find a way. Yeah, I'm more committed to it than ever because part of this podcast is also, you know, showing the diversity of people in poker and trying to get all 169 hands. So it's a lot. Yeah, it's going to take like three or four years. So hopefully by the end, there will be more women, more people of color. The other thing is people with disabilities. The rise of online poker is so important to that because there are a lot of live tournaments that are difficult for people with disabilities to play in, whereas online is a really perfect fit and it allows you to use your intellectualism so I, I think that it, it's a complex question but you know people need to start asking it I want to be part of whatever movement this is to grow the game and get more women to play and just be be able to use my voice because I feel like I have one so excellent well you know thank you so much it's been wonderful to have you on the grid you've been wonderful with your triple check raise with the ace jack suited inspiring everyone perhaps to give a, a triple check raise a try play it in maybe a, a local game or online just so that you can yeah. check it off the box give yourself a little bit of a challenge a couple weird lines that you never played before yeah. And, of course, um, we'll be following you for all of your charitable efforts and your reporting. Um, best way, El Sriracha, El Sriracha Online, right? On Twitter, Twitter, yeah. yeah. For all things poker and most of my life is Twitter. Twitter at El Sriracha and, of course, on Poker News at Aliyah Jadabji. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Jen. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and write a review. Your subscriptions, reviews, shares on social media truly helps motivate me as a quest for 169 intensifies. Also find me at US Chess Women, where I host another podcast, Ladies Night. And follow updates on the grid at Jen Shahadi on Twitter and Instagram. No one ever bust. They say I'm lucky. Oh no, no need to bluff. With all the cheap tricks up my sleeve. Yeah, I got talent.